Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again in our Tech Talk. Today, we are going to be talking about websites and everything to do with websites um, and uh, how to potentially start your own website. Uh, it's a very interesting topic. A lot of us uh, don't have our own websites. Um, we both do, but uh, um, a lot of us would like to know how to, or even the things, components, and details that goes within uh, you know, building or designing a website. Or even if you are uh, working for a company, maybe you're commissioned, or you have a project where you have to update or uh, create a website with different complex services that your company provides. So there are many use cases. Um, and uh, it's it's a good idea uh, overall in current uh, days where everyone or every company has a website. It's all you know. It's always a good idea to at least know about it, how the website's working. Even if you're not creating or managing one, you're definitely using one. You're using one to watch us or listen to us right now. So. Uh, at least find out how what the inner workings are of a website with us today. Um, here with us today, I'm Rinat, and here uh, with us uh, with with the expertise we have, uh, Amit. Hi, Rinat. Thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, yeah, quite excited to talk about websites today. And we both know a lot about website, but um, I think it's it's very useful for the listeners to to understand how things work in the back end. So um, with our usual uh, mechanism that we have, I'm going to be asking most of the questions because you have more of an understanding. Um, and uh, hopefully our viewers and listeners will get a lot of value out of our talk today. So um, let's uh, start with the most basic and fundamental question. What is a website? So a website is a collection of web pages uh, and uh, it's hosted on a web server. So think of it as a, as a computer on which there are some files, there are some text files, there are some audio files and video files or images and you want to access it over a network. Um, so you have say two computers in your own house and those two computers are connected using a LAN cable and uh, they want to share files between each other. So say one computer has the files and the other computer wants to ac get access to those files. Um, so it's a simple network. Now imagine you're connected to the whole world. So that's the web, the internet or internet work. And over that you want to access files of some people or or get some information so you use a browser to access certain pages so initially you had different protocols like file transfer protocols or http i'll not go too much into detail now but those are the essential protocols to access web pages so basically what uh, web pages are is a collection of uh, sorry websites are a collection of web pages hosted on a web server essentially that it that is what it is Right. Okay. Well, that's clear. Um, I mean, that's obviously a very simple, you know, a good way of um, showing, you know, how you scaled up from two computers to all the computers in in the world. I didn't actually think about it that way before. No, that is very helpful. So, why why would one need a website or a company need a website? So, in today's world, everyone has access to the information using the internet. Uh, so, be it a company selling products. Uh, say uh, Nike wants to sell its shoes, uh, but uh, people can only have access to Nike uh, through their uh, stores. 
Now, if they want to sell something online, they need to have a page where they can advertise their products and they can sell those products. So that, that is one use case. The other use case is you have a blogging website. So people want to share on a day-to-day -day basis about technology, about their daily life, about some topic that interests them. So that is one aspect. The other aspect is marketing. So you want to uh, have a website where you want to market yourself, maybe as a brand. So you, you have your own personal website. Then there is another kind of website where it's government websites where they have information related to all the necessary things uh, that are related to the government. Say what are the different policies, what are the different regulations, how do I apply for a visa, how do I apply for a passport, uh, how do I uh, buy a house things like that. So for all these informations, you have different types of websites and it helps people to get access to those information using the internet. So that's the main reason why it's useful to have a website. So, um, I mean, obviously you mentioned many use cases, but if I, if I wanted to like, as a user, if I wanted to summarize, I think I would say like you, you, you can consume information, you can interact with it like yes. for example you can you know whether you can make a purchase or you could probably you know listen to a podcast or you can maybe play games so you can consume information and interact with it or you can also give information maybe whenever you're filling out a form or things like yes. that so that's that's uh, that's that's one way to look at it um so you can't talk about website without listening to the term url so what, what is URL? What does it stand for? So it uh, stands for Uniform Resource Locator. So basically it tells, uh, so when you type, a, when you want to go to a website, you actually open a browser in your computer. It could be Internet Explorer, Mozilla Firefox, or Google Chrome, or Apple Safari. So you start a browser, and then you type a URL, Uniform Resource Locator. So you're searching for a resource, and you want to locate that resource. So there has to be a locator to identify where the resource is and fetch that resource to display it in your computer. So you type the URL, https colon forward slash forward slash www.google.com. That's a URL. When you type that URL, the browser knows where to fetch the page for Google. And that's what the function of a URL is mentioned browser earlier as well so browser is just a desktop application it's just like any other application you have in desktop but what we see in the middle is the part that is being received from outside world is that so uh, think of it is like uh, opening files so you have applications like vlc to open video files and you have yeah. applications like foobar or winamp to open audio files or even itunes to open audio files mm -hmm. and then you have say picasa or windows photos or some kind of a photo app to open images and you have microsoft word to open word files now if you want to open web pages which are written in html format you will need an application and that application is a browser you can open the html page in say notepad or any other word editing software but you will only see the code you will not see it rendered on a screen in a format that is pleasant or user friendly which is interactive so for that you need a web browser so it's basically a tool to open a type of file in your machine yes and that type of file obviously the browser gets from the url which is which is you yes. know what the user specifies okay 
Um, okay, so I mean, obviously, when we when I self taught myself how to design a website, and when I was when I was sort of exploring or playing with the tools, I I came across these terms like domains, subdomains, and you know top level domain, you know, anything to do with domains. What, what are those? Tell, tell us so, a bit about that. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, we talked about the URL and the structure and the URL uh, has different components to it. So HTTP or HTTPS, which stands for secure, is the protocol. So we tell, we are telling in the URL that you please use this protocol, HTTP, Hypertext Transfer Protocol. If you want to access certain files, we use FTP, File Transfer Protocol. So that's the first part of the URL. The second part is the uh, domain, um, www.google.com. So that's the domain. And then you can have a path with a query. So you can say www.google.com forward slash say index.html so that's the path to a file okay so you have the protocol you have the domain and you have the path and in that path you can add a query now domain is just www.google.com okay so that's the okay. domain in that dot com so let's start from the end the dot com is called the top level domain so it's at the top so you can buy domains for multiple um, names, multiple companies, multiple people using the top level domain. So amitsarkar.com, rinathmalik.com, youtube.com, dell.com, hp.com, apple.com, intel.com, everything ends with .com. So .com is the top level domain. Now from .com, you go towards the left. So we had google.com. So Google is the second level domain www is the third level domain and fourth fifth fifth uh, sixth okay so on anything uh, after the second domain uh, anything after the top level domain can be called as a subdomain so in www.google.com the .com is the top level domain google you can consider it as a domain uh, and www you can consider it as a subdomain and you can have drive.google.com, calendar.google.com, mail.google.com, and these are subdomains in the main domain. So that's the basic difference. And uh, so you have top level domain, you have the whole domain name, you have subdomains, and you have second level domains. But these are basically a way or a hierarchy to differentiate the different parts of a domain name. The domain name is www.google.com or just google.com. Yes, and it also helps the browser to understand where exactly to go and look for the file as well. Exactly. You know, with, so, with, with... Uh, so in 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 the computing world, uh, we we are familiar with that computers only understand zeros or ones. So that's binary. Uh, so if we type google.com, it's a domain which is human friendly. Um, so it means that it's easy for humans to remember it and type it. But for computers to understand, it has to be converted into numbers. So those uh, text that we type, the URL in text format that we type gets converted to an IP address, internet protocol address. Okay. Now that IP address mapping is done in 
domain name servers so suppose i want to send you a post okay renat malik at whatever address with a postcode country so i want to send you a, a post say a, a a letter now the letter has to be sent to your house your house is the place where you live so basically your house could be the server where the right. content resides in order for me to send you a post i need to have the address the address is the url but the url is not something that a machine understands so you convert it into an ip address the ip address is like the uh, so the domain name uh, dns server is like the post office so the post office knows what are the all the addresses and what where are all the physical buildings for each of those addresses so they have the database so whenever you type a url it gets mapped to an ip address and using that ip address it goes to the location or to the server fetches the file that you need and then displays it in your browser so similarly with the url we tell use this protocol go to this location get this file displayed in my browser so so the domain name server will help to tell or to convert the url into an ip address so whenever you make a request it first goes to the domain name server and or the dns and it tries to find out what is the ip address for that if it doesn't know it will contact some other servers once it gets the ip it sends it to the browser the browser then contacts using that ip address which is nothing but 101.202.30.2.5 okay so it has four four different numbers separated by dots and that's an ip address and the browser then goes to that address which is the server and gets the information or the file that you need in order to display the content um thank you amit so um obviously when we are um you know now that we know about domains and top level domains and url um now i want to understand if i how do i buy one now i want to have my own website so what's the first thing i think i need a i need a domain so i mean the, so the domain is the address uh but the house is somewhere else so you have content hosting and domain registration so these are the two things that you need to figure out when you are or content hosting or web hosting so these are the two things you need to figure out when you are uh, starting a website what is the domain name so suppose amit sarkar wants to start a website and he wants to have amitsarkar.com so he will go to a domain registrar so you go to a registrar's office and you buy a house uh the, they will say okay these houses are available and this is the price so you you say okay i want to buy amitsarkar.com he will say amitsarkar.com is not available but amitsarkar.uk is available so you will say okay fine i'll buy amitsarkar.uk and you will give them some money so normally you can buy a domain which is valid for a year to 10 years so one year up to 10 years minimum is one right. year maximum is 10 years but what happens so suppose uh, google decides to buy www.google.com and they decide to buy it for 10 years from a domain registrar on the at the end of the 10th year the domain doesn't uh, disappear the domain is still there but it's no longer registered to google google either renews the domain 
or it comes up into the open market and anyone can actually buy the domain so there is a big side market where there is something called as domain reselling so if amitsarkar.com is something that you want you contact the domain um, registrar with whom the domain is registered and you can ask them i need this domain i'm willing to pay this much money can i get that if they agree you get the domain or else you have to find a new domain so that's registering the domain with a domain registrar in the internet you can actually check where the domain is registered with or which company so just like you have different agents to sell houses in any housing market you have different agents to sell domains in the internet you can go the big ones are godaddy uh, bluehost um, and there are some few google also sells domain amazon also sells domain so they all sell domains um, and you can go to their their website and buy domains but there is a registry there is a global registry which maintains the uh, uh, who is the owner of the domain where is the domain and who is it registered with so there is a organization called the ican or the internet corporation for assigned names and numbers and their job is basically to make sure that what domains are available and uh, make sure that it's available to the right people and it's regulated it's uh, it's uh, i mean and you can actually go to their website and see so suppose i want to check if amitsarkar.com is registered with someone who is it that person who is the company with whom it's registered i go to i can look up and then i actually type amitsarkar.com and then i'll get all the history so that's domain registration and it is very important once you buy the domain it's just the text that you've bought so it has to point to the content so you have now purchased the domain which is amitsarkar.com now you have to point it to the content the content could be uh, a page where it talks about amit sarkar's bio it talks about what amit sarkar has done and it talks about certain other links and that content can be hosted in your own computer and you can point the domain to your computer which is acting as the server or you can host the code in some other location which is uh 24/7 on so if you have the content in your own computer you have to make sure your uh, computer is on 24/7 so people from any part of the world who want to get access to your data can access it uh but in real life scenario you cannot keep your computer on all the time it's expensive it takes electricity it generates heat and so forth and also the bandwidth is limited because the bandwidth if, if is limited if 100 people 100 people exactly. are trying to access your website then your your computer has to upload all the data at the same time which is which is un, uh, not very practical not very practical exactly so you have hosting companies so you have places content hosting or web hosting as it's called where people actually go and put their content and you point the domain to the content so when people go to amitsarkar.com they actually go to the content and then come back and get the content for the uh, domain so those are the two different aspects so domain registration so you buy the domain whatever domain you want for your company for yourself and then you try to host your content so the content hosting can be done with the domain registrar so companies like bluehost godaddy uh, they allow you to host the content in their own uh, websites and you can upload all the content there 
or you can use wordpress or some other tool github you can host all your content in github and then you can uh, use some um, other location um, or tool to host the content I see. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, that's that's uh, that, that's a lot of information. Let me just summarize that all, all for the for our listeners. So there are domains which are um, available. There, there are like new domains which no one used. You can register it yourself by going to various vendors like Google, GoDaddy, etc. Or there are also a secondary marketplace where someone may have already bought the domain you want, and then you can actually look up. Uh, you know, there is there is a, something called who is lookup or I can look up. You can yes. look up who owns any web, any domains. You can also look up who owns Google and see that Google Corporation is actually the owner of Google. And you can you can contact them and you can also buy a domain that way. But domain is just the name. It's nothing else. So it's if nothing you just else. buy the domain, it will just return a blank, blank, you know, white page. Or it's not even going to return a page. It's just going <laughs> to return nothing. And um, then there is hosting, which is where you put your content. And then you connect your domain with your content. So when people go to your domain, the domain knows that the content is this. And they present the domain presents the content to the people. So... Um, uh, so that's that's kind of the summary. Um, so Renat, uh, I just want to mention one more thing. So we talked about web hosting, but in mm -hmm. in in the current uh, uh, current gen uh, current world or current times, uh, we mm -hmm. also have different other types of hosting, like podcast hosting or video hosting or image hosting. And the reason yes, no, is that's, that's a good idea. Let's let's get more detailed into we talked in a domain in detail, but let's talk a little bit more about hosting because that's also a very that's actually I think more important when you're trying to have your own website. So yeah, yes. please please tell so, us more details. Um, so we talked about content hosting, but when the web was created, the majority of the content was either images or text. Hardly any videos uh, and uh, hardly any audio audio files or maybe some small audio files now what has happened is um, over the years uh, the web is the web has evolved and it's evolved like a house evolves so for a house you have a foundation um, you have various rooms you build it with bricks and over a period of time you modify you extend and this and that so a website is similar to building a house you start with a foundation which is the domain name and where you want to host your content then you add different rooms you add different forms and then you add different types of content so we have we talked about content hosting or web hosting but that's purely for html pages and few images or so forth but if you want to host a content which is um, like a video which is 500 megabytes now 500 megabytes downloaded by thousand people just imagine how much bandwidth you need so 500 megabytes downloaded by thousand people is 500,000 500 megabytes 500,000 megabytes so that's about 500 GB gigabyte yes 500 gigabytes of bandwidth and that a computer has to provide every single time someone requests access to that video 
and this this case it's thousand so imagine if google or say youtube host a video which is 100 mb and it's accessed by 1 million people imagine the amount of bandwidth so a regular hosting company will not allow you to host such uh files on their platform so you need to go to different providers for such content so like we have started a podcast recently and for the podcast we could not go to the traditional web hosting companies because they don't allow you to sell uh not to sell but uh allow you access to those types of content through their website because these websites have limited bandwidth and if we have an audio file 50 mb downloaded 1000 times that 50 gigabytes of data uh, or uh, data generated and imagine the amount of data so a lot of companies don't have that capacity so they go to specialist companies so in our case we went with captivate but there are other companies like uh, uh, podbean there is libsyn buzzsprout there are various other companies where you can actually go and host a podcast and similarly there will be other companies where you can host videos and other types of high bandwidth files now even for images there is something called as image hosting and images also require a lot of bandwidth because whenever you open a page the first thing that loads is the text the text loads very quickly but then the images start loading then the video starts loading and even even then people don't download the video the web browser doesn't download the video the browser just displays a container where the video should be displayed with an image when you click on it it starts streaming so that's where the concept of streaming came where it's you are you're only downloading the amount of information that you need to play the video that's why in youtube you don't download the entire file you stream the file and that's why streaming protocols emerged but i just wanted to make sure that people are aware that there are different types of hosting so there is normal web hosting there is image hosting there is video hosting there is podcast or sound file hosting there is uh, you will need something for your email so there will be a different server for email and so forth so those are the different types of hosting but for a generic use case web hosting will suffice right just just for practical reasons let me just add a little bit onto that as well that um so if if you know our listeners want to want to create a dedicated you know dedicated um website say for example podcast hosting or for you know video file hosting then obviously there is a need to look for that kind of specified uh you know hosting providers but usually if you're just starting out and you're thinking of building your first website um usually you know the regular hosting providers like bluehost or godaddy or hostgator there are many in there um they are just fine and also you know in the beginning even if you are thinking of that you're going to have a higher bandwidth you know once you start to get more um more engagement from people then you can always move on to the the higher tier uh, hosting providers but it's it's um a, you know it's probably a good idea to start slow start from the basic and uh, don't take on too much to you know you don't get you know one um hosting for your website and then another one for you know if you're just doing podcast then just get a hosting provider for that if you're if you're building a website it's probably better to just have a you know regular hosting provider rather than thinking about oh i need 
a video or I need a video, it's probably just best to upload on YouTube, podcast, best to just have a podcast hosting provider. But apart from that, anything else is probably, you know, a good idea to just stick with the regular hosting for your regular yes. website. And uh, another thing is uh, that uh, you are not restricted to the domain uh, registrar or the hosting provider. So think of it as your file is on one server and you just want to move it to another server. So you can always copy your files from one hosting company to another hosting company if you get a good deal. And that is the beauty of internet. So suppose your content is with GoDaddy and tomorrow you get a good deal with Squarespace. So you can actually move all of your content from there and go to Squarespace. And uh, similarly, if you have, um, if you want to buy amitsarkar.com domain and today um, you check at GoDaddy, but tomorrow you go to Google domains and they give you a better deal, it's available, but they give you a better deal. You can buy it from them instead of GoDaddy. So you can always do that bit. Yes, that is, as you, you know, you're very right, Amit, um, as you correctly said, you know, that's the beauty of internet. You're not tied down with anything, you know, you can change, you know, no one can sort of um, manipulate you into staying with them and take your business because just because you started with them, you know, if you don't like, you know, your provider, hosting provider after a year, you know, no problem at all. They don't have any right. You just, you know, go to a different hosting provider and then you just make the connection. Say, for example, you buy the domain from Google and hosting from GoDaddy. And then after a year, you go to somewhere else like HostGator or Bluehost. And then you just tell Google that, oh, by the way, my content is not in GoDaddy anymore. It's in Bluehost. And that that's everything will be fine after that. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a very good point to remember. You're not tied down. So um, obviously, we talked about different, you know, different like uh, things you need for you know to build a website, domain hosting, different types of hosting. But what about the components of your website? If we now you know focus more on building a you know say a regular website where we go and get information what are the contents i mean there are he header footer body you know so normally whenever you go to a website um, you will have uh, different parts so one is a header which will tell in big words uh, welcome to google or just google and then you have the body where you will have the text field uh, and the buttons and everything and then you have a footer in the bottom which says copyright Google or uh, things like that and then you have a navigation bar at the top which says okay if you want to go from Google to YouTube you click this and you can go there so this is a normally a structure of a website so you have a navigation bar at the top which will have all the links then you have the header which will tell you what's the main uh, part or the heading that's why it's called a header then you have the body where you have the content and then you have a footer which will always stay the same which will tell the people okay you have come to my website these are some of the details that you may want to know or say copyright if you want to protect your data and you want to put some copyright so you'll have a footer so this is the structure of a normal html page in which the web pages are written hypertext markup language so most of the web pages are written in this language and uh, this is the normally uh, how you can uh, split a, f uh, a website uh, page into. So you start with the navigation bar and the navigation bar is also useful when you are accessing the web page from a mobile phone 
because it's difficult to navigate to multiple pages quickly. So you add a navigation bar, which will help you to navigate from say home to about section or contact section or media section or something else. Um, and the body will just display the content. Footer is normally used not just for copyright, but also for links that are common. So especially if you're opening your own website, you will have a LinkedIn profile, you will have say a YouTube channel, or you can have a GitHub page where you uh, put your code, uh, you can have a Twitter account, um, and you can have an Instagram account, a Facebook account, and you want people to actually go to your page. So you can put in the footer, which is quite convenient. Uh, so that people always have access to that information if they need uh, to go somewhere from your website. So yeah, traditionally a website can be split up into these, uh, uh, HTML page can be split up, split up into these four different types of elements or components. Right, right. Okay. So these are like four conventional sections in a yes. web page, which usually you always see. Yes. And when you're designing a website, you don't want to be too adventurous. You want to have these traditional sections so people are not like completely confused exactly when they come to your website yeah yeah so that's why that's it's important to to sort of follow that that pattern so how, how do you make your website more accessible so uh, when we talk about accessibility uh, we are looking at people who will not be able to interact uh, properly with the internet or the computer. So let's say we have people who don't have one limb. So they don't have one arm. So they have just one arm or maybe they don't have two arms. Some people have poor eyesight. So they cannot see the content clearly. Some people are hard on hearing. So they can only read, but they cannot hear anything. Some people are colorblind. So they can only see certain colors. They cannot see all colors. Um, so things like that. So these are the type of people that we want the web to be accessible to. So we are looking at people who are not able to interact properly with the computers uh, and how do we uh, let them get access. So when it talks about colors, you always find most of the websites use a normally the same color scheme because it's easy for people with who are colorblind or people who have normal vision to have a look and differentiate all the colors easily. The other thing is, whenever you have an image, you have an alt text, so alternate text. So sometimes when an image doesn't load and people who are blind uh, and uh, they don't know if there is an image, they use a screen reader and the screen reader will say, here is an image with this title. So they know, okay, there has to be some image with this. So for images, you can use alt text. For video, audio, you can use an alt text. So when a screen reader is reading, they can differentiate. Then you have to use proper HTML tags for heading, for body, for everything. So HTML is a very simple and semantic language in the sense that uh, if you say heading one, it means it's the top heading, it's the main heading. Then you have heading twos, which is a subheading, heading three, subheading. And if you divide your page into such sections, then when the screen reader tool is reading or going through the page, they will know that 
the person hearing the content can clearly see or clearly understand that what content is actually being read is it a para is it a heading is it a description is it a footer what is the content so they can easily and then they can interact with the content easily so that's for blind people for deaf people normally they cannot hear so you need to have subtitles so suppose you have a video do you have subtitles because they cannot maybe lip read so they would need some kind of text so normally a lot of companies uh, who want to be accessible for their video or podcast they provide some text so people who cannot uh, hear the content or view the content effectively because they cannot hear it so they like to go through the text so that's for catering to the people who are deaf so uh, and then you have people for this then you also have people who don't have arms um, or say certain kind of limbs say they don't have fingers or some other thing and they want to interact with the web so how would that make so then you have to think uh, if i make my touch screen uh, sorry my uh, page on a mobile phone in a certain way that it has very small icons which can't be clicked easily then the person who has to use his limbs or arms or fingers to touch the touch screen they will find it very difficult so you now need to have bigger fonts bigger icons and things like that so these are some of the ways you can make web accessible <coughs> and it is very important because a lot of people think that if you have built a website uh, anyone can access it but they forget about a large section of people who cannot interact with such devices and it is very important that we make our website accessible to them as well now in order to make sure that your website is accessible or not you can actually do a accessibility test and google chrome by default or google lighthouse can do a test for you so you just type in the url where your content is hosted and they will run a test a series of tests and they will say whether you're following the guidelines or not and whether your website is accessible or not yes accessibility is is one of the key things it's a very important thing to think about when you're building a website i mean you might think that oh you're reaching the majority of the people but um a lot of the times if you if you really think about accessibility then you'll realize that if you're just catering for one device in one way then you are actually you're actually missing out on majority of the people i mean if you think about it traditionally as the computers evolved we our major way of interacting with uh, a computer was keyboard and mouse so it was tactile but we as humans are equipped with five senses and there are you know i mean you could you could even now interact with a computer with your vision with your eye movement as well so um there are all five ways to communicate with a computer you have to think about you know maybe you know depending on your skills and ability and you know various other factor you should you should cater for as many as possible so you you know you are you're sort of you know making the website more accessible to all all uh you know people with all kinds of abilities um the other thing is obviously as you mentioned amit the devices yeah you know when you're designing the website you're probably designing it in a computer and you're thinking oh yeah this looks nice but you also have to absolutely always think about all the different devices people are going to use across the world it could be apple it could be windows it could be phone it could be tablet many things so yeah this this is a very important topic 
Um, and another uh, Rinath, before yeah. you go, I just realized I missed some other points when it came to accessibility, and that is languages and regions. So, lot of lot of times we isolate people from certain parts of the world. So, say people in Africa, people in India, people in China, people in uh, say South America, uh, where there are a lot of internet users, but maybe the content is not accessible to them. So, we need to cater to them as well, so that the content is accessible to them in their maybe. their language so or or in their region so that's why translation is very important and google and lot of other big companies they focus on translation of their text because that makes their content accessible to more number of people who cannot speak english but they have they they can only speak in their native language and that's where uh you uh, are missing out on a huge chunk of population so the majority english speaking countries are uh, uk us New Zealand, Australia and Canada. So these are the five main countries where English is spoken quite a lot. The other parts of the world, people speak in different languages. They speak Spanish, Chinese, Hindi, Bengali, uh, Portuguese and uh, Russian or uh, many German, Deutsch or many other languages. And for them to access your content who cannot read English or understand English, it is actually quite important to have those translations as well. so we have to think about all the type of people living in this world with different disabilities and with different uh, in living in different regions of the world who need access to your content yes absolutely and uh, accessibility as as you know as as we said before as well is very important but at the same time uh, we you know we don't want to discourage you with all the work that needs to go in a website True. so i would i would advise to follow the agile principle where you sort of start with the basic and you know as soon as you have the mvp minimum viable product publish it and then keep adding more stuff don't be discouraged by all the things that you have to do before you build a website no you don't have to do it before you publish it you can just do the very skeleton of it publish it and then keep adding more things so uh, that that's what uh, i think we would advise so accessibility is a very important topic another important topic is security and uh, you know privacy and security all of that so to, so tell um tell um tell us a little bit more about security you know https ssl certificate how do you secure a website tell us a bit more about that amit so uh, that is quite relevant in today's world where people can actually do a lot of scams and they can <clears throat> dupe you of some money and they can get information from you by sending you a rogue url so normally how uh, google or any other big search companies they identify whether a site is legit or not is by the certificate so normally when you go to any banking website which deals with financial transactions you'll always see https in their url so https colon the domain name it could be any bank um and uh, and uh, that's one way to say that this protocol is a secure protocol and google has identified the certificate of this particular domain and it's a valid domain so you will not be cheated if you go here and you will not they will not download some uh, weird files on your computer if you go to this website 
So Google Chrome, Mozilla Firefox, Apple Safari, Microsoft Edge, they become very powerful and very intelligent. So they can tell quickly whether a website is secure or not and whether your information, whatever you enter in that website is secure or not. In order to secure your website, you need to buy something called as an SSL certificate. I don't want to get into too much technical detail here, but SSL certificate is just to prove that this website is uh, yours and and people know that it is it belongs to you and no one else who can play with the website. The reason I'm saying this is like that. Say you want to go to amitsarkar.com. Amitsarkar.com is owned by Amit Sarkar. Now, when you type amitsarkar.com, you want to verify whether it's actually owned by Amit Sarkar. So you say, okay, HTTPS, and you click on the lock icon in your browser, and then you see the certificate. So Google will say, fine, yes, this belongs to Amit Sarkar, and you can go ahead. Now, if it doesn't have the lock symbol, it doesn't have S in the protocol, HTTP, it just has HTTP, amitsarkar.com, it doesn't mean that it belongs to Amit Sarkar. It could belong to Renat Malik. <laughs> so amitsarkar.com can actually belong to Renat Malik, but you think that because it's amitsarkar.com, it might actually belong to Amit Sarkar. And that's how you verify the signature or the authenticity of a website. And that's where SSL certificate comes. So a lot of time when people actually buy or start a domain, they, the domain is by default insecure. Okay, so you have to actually add the security so that other people cannot fool your customers, your users who are getting access to your website. So it's very important to make it secure. And most of the hosting providers, they will let you buy a certificate or they provide a certificate for free. These certificates are valid mostly for six months, then they expire and they have to, you have to get it renewed. Uh, it is for the security because if your certificate gets stolen, then uh, uh, people can actually uh, uh, fool others and they can redirect customers from your website to somewhere else. And this is a very common tactic. So you always have to make sure that whenever you type a URL, it's it starts with HTTPS. It's a secure website. Uh, and people have uh, validated the authenticity of or the uh, validity of the owner of the website. And it is very important. Yes, very important. Uh, security is, yes, um, you know, whenever you're navigating within the online world, security is very important. Um, just wanted to add a little bit as well. So, yeah, SSL uh, certificate you can buy, uh, but yeah, don't be deterred that it's an additional cost. There are SSL certificates that are available for free as well from a number of organizations. I think Let's Encrypt uh, is is one organization yes. who, who provides you um, with free SSL certificates. So the, you don't actually have to spend uh, an additional cost. Um, a lot of hosting companies also include uh, SSL certification within their package. So um, yeah, it's 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 not necessary that you pay for it. So don't be deterred by by an additional cost. But yes, definitely, definitely do have SSL certification in your website. I, I remember back in the days in 1990s or you know 2010 or earlier, all the website was HTTP, and then it slowly started to become HTTPS, which obviously you mentioned um, S is for secure. And I think now, if you if you just have an HTTP website, 
you know, even Chrome or all the browsers will just give a warning to the users, viewers yes. straight yes. away that, oh, by the way, this is not, now HTTPS has now become default. Before HTTP was default and only the very secure sites had HTTPS. Now, if you don't have HTTPS, then you're like, um, you know, not, not, not normal. So um, it's, it's the minimum standard. So definitely, definitely get um, the SSL certificate. So, um, okay, so we talked about domains, we talked about hostings, we talked about importance of accessibility and security. So now, um, now let's imagine our listeners have a domain. Now it's time to make sure that everyone can find that domain or reach, reach it. Or, you know, I, I maybe, you know, our listener wants to promote their, you know, website that they just so meticulously built and so proud of. So what is SEO and how can it help? So uh, in the internet, there are some billions of websites. Each website has an address. And the way search engines like Google or Bing or whatever search engines you use, they work is they have a spider or a crawler. And they go through or they scan through all the pages that they can possibly find. And the way they scan, especially Google is, they go to a page and that page will have links to multiple sites. Say Wikipedia has links to IMDb, Apple and many other sites. So it goes to one Sorry. page. I mean, just, just interrupting as well. It, um, the SEO, what does it stand for? If you start with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. A search engine optimization, SEO. So yes. in order for people to search your URL or your website, it is very necessary that you optimize your website for search engines. In this case, Google or Bing or whatever. So I was talking about uh, how search engines work. So if Google's crawler or spider, they crawl through the internet and the way they work is they go to a website and they click all the links on that website and they go to those websites and they click on all those links to those websites. So the, if, if your content is on some of those big websites, it's easy that your content will be found. So that's why a lot of people host their content on big providers. So say uh, Google domain, GoDaddy or some, some place like that, where your content will be easily found. But when you buy a new domain, amitsarkar.com, people don't know about it. And if they do a Google search, Google will not result, uh, return any result because Google doesn't know that amitsarkar.com has been purchased by someone and some content is being hosted there. So you have to tell Google, okay, I have built this website and these are all the pages in my website and this is the sitemap. So, I mean, when we are talking about search engine optimization, we have to talk about sitemap. So normally when you go to website, say a company website, you will always see sitemap. And the sitemap basically tells what are the different pages. So you will have an about page, you will have a contact page, you will have an index page, you will have say a media page, a resources page, etc. And these are different pages. But when the crawler comes to your website, they will only know the main domain, which is www.amitsarkar.com. They'll not know about contact or about or those pages. So you have to tell the crawler that, okay, you have come to my website. My website has 10 other pages, index them, create an index. So the sitemap helps the crawler of any search engine to index all the pages. So whenever you are searching for a content, it's not just Amit Sarkar, but you can search for about contact and those other things. 
and in order for you to optimize your website first thing you know you need to do is go to google search console and then create a uh, get a file from there and upload it to your website and then google will know uh, that uh, this domain exists and this is a verified domain by the user you can verify it using your email address and then google will show it in the search results and that's how you make sure that your website is searchable the other thing to uh, make sure is whenever you are writing your html code you always also have tags in them which is easy for the crawler to uh, display the right type of content so suppose you are a blogger that talks a lot about technology or apple products or google products you can have tags or description in the beginning of your page to let them know the crawlers that what type of content is there in the page which will help people search for your content easily so there are different other ways uh, in which you can optimize but the whenever you start a website make sure that you would do a google search of your domain if you cannot see your results in the google search it means no one can search your website unless they know your url so in order to uh, enable it you have to go to google search console download a file upload it to your website and then google knows your website exists have a site map a list of all the pages google indexes all the pages and then your whole website will be available in google search that is a great tip because yeah a lot of us you know um i mean even for me when i built my first website after that i you know i just i just thought okay i'm i'm done you know i'm i'm quite satisfied <laughs> but then i forgot that it's still not um you know it's it's you know a lot of people just go to google and search it first no one wants to remember the whole you know the the website name or whatever it's 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 too much hassle so it's just you know go to google and type the name and it will come up but yeah so it's it's very important uh, listeners and viewers to after you finish uh, designing your website do some seo it's you don't have to hire a third party company for it it's it's um, you know quite straightforward as amit just explained just follow what he just said and um, it's just easy as that so um now we've covered a lot we covered all the different things that goes in a website we also you know looked at what to do after you build now let's go a little bit more into details if if our listeners are still <laughs> having the patience to listen let's just go a little bit more detail in terms of how to actually you know do the code well not necessarily the coding but you know how what are the things involved in the you know in the nitty gritty of of building a website so how do you build a website what is html css javascript you know all of these things i hear about and also i've i've also built a website with these and there is php there's database mail server so there are many of these things that uh, you know i can't came across when um i was building my website so so give us a give us an understanding of that amit okay so uh, whenever you build a website you have to write it in some uh, computer language um and uh, the uh, the default computer language in which you write website is html or hypertext markup language in this you have tags and inside the tags you put content um and the css is basically styling of the html page so suppose you write uh, a content about your bio 
అమిత్ సర్కార్ ఈజ్ గ్రేట్ అమిత్ సర్కార్ ఈజ్ బ్లా 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 అమిత్ సర్కార్ ఈజ్ దేస్ అమిత్ సర్కార్ ఈజ్ దాట్ నా యూ వాంట్ అమిత్ సర్కార్ ఈజ్ గ్రేట్ ఇన్ బోల్డ్ అండ్ అమిత్ సర్కార్ ఈజ్ బ్లా బ్లా ఇన్ ఇటాలిక్స్ సో అండ్ యూ వాంట్ ఇట్ ఇన్ అ డిఫరెంట్ ఫాంట్ అ డిఫరెంట్ కలర్ డిఫరెంట్ లొకేషన్ మేబీ అ మార్జిన్ ఆర్ అ బార్డర్ అరౌండ్ ఇట్ థింగ్స్ లైక్ దాట్ సో దాట్స్ వేర్ సిఎస్ఎస్ కమ్స్ క్యాస్కేడింగ్ స్టైల్ షీట్స్ సో దాట్స్ ద స్టైలింగ్ సో యూ హ్యావ్ హెచ్టిఎంఎల్ విచ్ ఇస్ బై డిఫాల్ట్ జస్ట్ టెక్స్ట్ and it will have links hyperlinks which will take people to different content and then you have the css which will do the styling then you have javascript so javascript is normally used in browsers to do some kind of interaction with the user so suppose you see an animation in a website that's more or less done by a script it could be a javascript it could be a php script it could be some kind of a script which is again written in some kind of a programming language um so you will use those scripts to do some things like say you minimize your website and you have a burger menu and when you click on the burger menu it should display all the links that has to be done using a script you cannot just use html or css styling to do that so that's where javascript and php comes and the oh, other oh php sorry what is php javascript i thought that's for php is again is... a programming language um and i'm i'm not aware of the full form but it's a programming language that is uh, commonly used especially in wordpress uh, uh websites and wordpress plugins php is very common um so yes so those are the different programming languages that you might uh, script uh uh to do some kind of user interaction the other thing you have to be uh, worried about is user data so whenever you collect uh, user data and you will collect user data in terms of a form so you put contact me and then you'll ask for a name a mobile uh, number and an email address uh so that will get collected uh through a form and it'll get stored somewhere you can store it in an excel file or the better way to do is is store it in a database we are not going to talk in detail about database but database is nothing but an excel file with lot of rows lot of columns and each row and column will have some data in it and each excel file can be called as a table and then you have multiple tables and those tables are related so things like that uh so you have all the content that you get from your user it could be sales data marketing data analytics um user information their username and passwords if you have a login uh and their order history their uh, payment details their address everything in one database so you have that then if you want people to send you an email so say people send email using gmail uh or you want to have actually um in your domain so i have amitsarkar.com domain and i want people to send email to amit at amitsarkar.com in order for them to send me an email i need email hosting so i need to enable i need to maybe host it on gmail and then redirect it to my domain or buy from some third party some email hosting where all my emails are stored and i can get access to them but when i give when i tell people to contact me at amit at amitsarkar.com the email will come to my email hosting provider and i i can reply back using my email so so these are the things that you actually need in order to build a website now bear in mind we have talked about domain and hosting 
the only thing that you actually need to pay for before you build a website is for the domain normally it costs from ten dollars to about twenty thirty dollars okay for depending upon how much time and how how uh, valuable that domain is um, and how much time you have bought it for have you bought it for a year or have you bought it for uh, 10 years so once you buy the domain you can actually host your uh, content in your own computer or there are websites where you can host your content for free and when I say content for free that is basically nothing but your HTML file your CSS files your JavaScripts your images any of your uh, documents say suppose you want to upload your CV so you upload everything in one particular host provider so it could be github github is a very common repo for hosting code but you can actually host your own the whole code of your website in github and then you can actually uh, use uh, uh, different other websites like netlify or um, jekyll or Leventy and they these are site generators normally they are static site generators they don't work with dynamic components but you can use them use them to generate the website for you to do all the building and the configuration and when you go to amitsarkar.com you'll see your whole page so we talked about these components now for a, th there are different types of websites one is static where it's just content is displayed there is no user interaction so you can only view the content you cannot do anything with it you can click go to a different page but you cannot actually interact with it when you have a dynamic website you can actually interact with the uh, website so it means that the website is customized so amitsarkar.com will come as something different to say Renat Malik and it will come different to say XYZ person so that's a, a dynamic which is personalized based on his or her usage the other thing is dynamic website is where normally you buy content so e-commerce websites where you actually go and buy some stuff say Shopify or um, Amazon or a various other things so if you build a website where you want to sell things say a t-shirt or a mug coffee mug you want to build a website with that you need to be able to process payments and for that you need a payment gateway or a payment provider so basically what they will do is they will integrate with your website and you can then process cards credit cards uh, debit cards or banking websites or paypal and you can accept payments into your bank account so for that you need a payment provider now this is very high level so this is one way and then you have a video hosting forms and other things so for different types there are different things but the main elements are HTML page the styling and some scripts to animate or uh, uh, make it more user interactive and then uh, the different elements of whether you want an email associated with your domain so you get an email hosting and uh, if you want a payment processing you do that and these are the various aspects of uh, website a website yeah that, that, that yeah that's that's I'm sure that is very helpful for the listeners and the viewers and um, um, so you mentioned WordPress a number of times before so what I mean, what is WordPress? Um, and I think there are other other um, services like that, like Joomla or um, I can't Squarespace, else, but... Wix, Weebly. Yeah. So there are a lot of companies. So basically, people who don't know how to code. So these are places where you uh, go 
and you look at a template of a website so suppose you want to start a blogging website or a shopping website or a or a personal website a cv website or a photo website so they have certain templates which makes it very accessible to user and very user interactive and it presents the content right away so for that you have templates and you don't have to do any coding there is drag and drop so you can drag a picture from here from point a to point b and the the back end coding is already done for you so you don't have to do coding so there are uh, websites that actually help you to build websites so yeah. <laughs> websites to help you build websites and using templates using drag and drag and drop feature so just like you do in paint you draw a rectangle and then you draw a circle and then you draw something else draw a line then you draw something else and that's that's the interface with which you can actually draw an image similarly in these websites wordpress or whatever you have templates and you can modify those templates or use those templates as is and then just put your content so suppose you buy a template for a blog it will already have a header you just change the name of the header to the name of your website it will have the title of a particular post so you can change it to your uh, title of your post and then description in you can change that the design the color the font everything is already taken care of so you don't have to worry about formatting and you don't have to worry about styling or coding or write or dealing with html tags so wordpress is quite popular because wordpress is normally free uh for some of the other websites you have to pay for it so that's why wordpress is quite popular but of course with this flexibility it actually binds you so you cannot be more flexible you can only play with the templates that they provide so there is a pro and a con so if you go with these websites you cannot build anything and everything and if you try to do that you have to pay for it um and in the end you will actually end up doing a lot of customization yourself So if you want a very simple website better to just learn how to write html code um and then just uh create a simple website that talks about you that talks about uh that takes you to your youtube channel so you can put all your videos in youtube you can put all your images in instagram you can put all your sound or audio file into a podcast channel and you can put all the social socially relevant things in facebook and you can put all your other links in twitter so you get people to your website and then you take them everywhere else in your social media profile mm-hmm. so that's how it is that's how it works that's how your brand works Right right okay so um no that's that's good to know but yeah it's it's uh, it's important you know it it's um good information to have wordpress is free so um you know you can leverage the benefit but yeah as amit said you know there are limitations so if you if you have a very unique design template design idea that you might not find any template that that has that that design you have in your mind so you're binded in that sense but if you're flexible with with whatever template is given then you know it's it's easier so there is good and bad on both but you know the reason wordpress is so popular is that it's good and it's also free so uh, yeah remember as as yeah i think you mentioned it earlier amit as well that um, you know 
the main, the only mandatory cost required in, you know, in building a cost is just buying the domain name. And that also depends on how long you want to buy it for. But everything else can be leveraged, uh, can be sort of accumulated or, you know, you can get it from different places for free. Um, so cost is definitely not an issue if you're thinking about buying a website. I think the I think the give and take, obviously there is a give and take. Uh, the give and take is is the time and effort you have to put in. Usually, you know, you if you pay for something, it makes your life a little bit easier. Uh, you know, makes you not having to code or you know things like that. But you know, if you're if you are thinking of building your own personal website. Yes, um, you know, as as Amit was mentioning earlier as well, you know, just build a simple website. That would be a really good exercise for you to learn different components as well. Cool. So um, just just to uh, let uh, our viewers or listeners know, I built my website from scratch using HTML code, whereas Rinath he used WordPress to build his own website. So we have actually I'm lazy. <laughs> it's not lazy, but you have used a platform, so you're more aware of how it works. So we just wanted to tell our viewers that we have actually used the different aspects. We have tried to do it for free, apart from buying the domain, but. We have tried to do it in a way, in very different ways. I tried to learn how to uh, code in HTML and then create my website, whereas Rinath uh, went and found a template and then he created his own website. Yes, and uh, yeah, as as yeah, I mean, they both have um, you know benefits and also limitations. So obviously, you know, calculate what what you want to do and what is more appropriate solution for that. So yeah, I just want to reiterate. Uh, I think I've mentioned it in in different times as well. I don't want to deter anyone thinking that you know this is this is a big project because you can actually start this eve. Well, I mean, whenever in the day time of the day you're listening to if you can you can start today and within two hours you can have a very basic website up and running all you have to do is buy the domain and then buy a hosting provider or you know uh, register with a free provider and then these hosting providers will take care of the accessibility or the initial part of it they're going to take care of the security the ssl certification part so that's also you know, usually always taken care of. And, um, you know, if you want, you can go to the template route, which is quicker and easier, but you can also go through, you know, just making a basic website about yourself, um, designing by yourself. There are actually softwares, which also helps you design. I think there are Adobe something. Um, uh, yeah, I think or... Adobe InDesign or Illustrator, I'm not too sure. But yeah, there are softwares where you can design very fancy websites. But I mean, it's, I mean, you have to pay for those softwares. Those are not free softwares. Ah, okay, okay. So they're not free. <laughs> okay. So yeah, basically, you can still, um, you know, without you know, WordPress templates are free. And also you can write your HTML websites for free as well. And it would be a good learning experience for future. So um, we've looked at, I think, a lot. I mean, website is such a popular topic and, you know, we can talk about it for, you know, many, you know, we could, we could, you know, carry on talking about it for a long time. But I think we've, we've come to a place where we've con kind of given you the foundational understanding. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Amit, in, in today's uh, talk? I think there is one very good website which I actually use to build my own website and that's W3Schools. So yes. um, W3 is Worldwide Web 
consortium W3C so they have uh, I mean I'm not sure if it's their website but there is a website called W3C schools and uh, they have their own CSS and it's all for free and I actually have in my website in the acknowledgement I've mentioned uh, where I have built it from so if people are actually interested in building their own website they can actually, I mean, we will provide uh, the uh, link to our own websites, myself and Renat, and then people can actually go have a look um, and they can uh, learn it by themselves if they want, or they can go to WordPress and uh, figure out how to do it. Uh, but yes, so in the end, uh, we are here to share information uh, as, as the title of our talk is Tech Talk. So we're talking about technology that uh, helps people understand it. Um, so in case people have any questions or if they have any comments, please, please feel free to put a post or a comment or anything um, into the video and a subscription would be great. Um, in the end, uh, making a website, as Renat said, is very simple. It's uh, from buying a website to actually starting one. It It's actually sometimes it doesn't take even two hours. You can actually do if you know what you're doing, you can actually do it in less time. So don't get deterred, but the topics that I have covered in today's uh, talk is basically to make a website which is available to maximum people and available on maximum devices and it is secure. If your target is just to build a website, as Renat said, go agile. Just build something, put it out there and tweak it and release it or modify it on a daily or a regular basis. And that's the way to go. So thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much, listeners and viewers. And uh, please let us know if you'd like more details. We could do like a part two on, on this topic if necessary. Or also, you can also let us know what kind of topics you would like. Uh, even if we don't have that expertise, we'll bring in experts, guests as guests, and then we could cover those topics. Um, so yeah, thank you very much everyone for listening and viewing. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again in our next talk. Thank you. Thank you guys.